Welcome to Post Viral Podcast. This is just a little reminder that we are not medical professionals. These are the individual opinions of Stuart Bryan and Lindsay Vine. And we highly recommend speaking to a healthcare provider about any changes you're going to make to your treatment plan. Everyone is individual and this is not individualized advice. Enjoy the show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good too. I am adjusting to the change in the daytime light or lack thereof in the UK right oh, now. God. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Hey, I used actually my sad lamp for the first time this morning. Blast, oh, I get you. Blasted some light into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been an interesting like month though for both of us. Hey, it's like that like two steps forward, one step back thing. Like mm. last time we were both having a little bit of a snag and then this month I feel like we both made a little bit of progress. Yeah. I was even thinking today woke up quite foggy and a bit in pain, but then I was still talking to my family and having a conversation in the morning which I think 6 months back if I was on a low day I would just be hidden away in my room, like, <laughs> leave me alone. So yeah, definitely step forwards. Oh, totally. And I like, I get your daily updates and I'm just, I've been amazed at how much you've been doing. Oh, thank Going you. to London and seeing your friends is so impressive. Oh, thanks. And you with your 10,000 steps. First time yeah, in five years. Yeah, I was years. just going to say, yes. five and a half years. The few times I've gotten a lot better and then crashed, I got to like eight or seven or eight thousand but yeah I made it to ten thousand the other day that was really exciting it doesn't feel like at least when I hear your updates that it was like a I'm just gonna overdo it on that one day and pay the price like you seem to have built up sustainably so yeah I, I've gotten pretty good about uh, we'll talk next episode about baselines and um, pacing up slowly <laughs> so yeah it's definitely not a case where I just had a crazy day and went ten thousand it was like I've been working up about, not always consistently, but about a thousand steps a month since January when I could only get around the block. So that is amazing. Whereas I'm definitely crazy, more on the shoot for the stars, gung ho every so often, like my, my week in London last week. And it's kind of very pertinent. We're talking about rest and sleep today because last week, I think I averaged three and a half hours sleep <laughs> a night <laughs> from really overdoing it and really pushing it hard. And yet I'm still still here. So my body is obviously to suffer like as much as I would expect. So it's pretty amazing. No, thank you. But yeah, I was going to laugh about the fact that we're talking about rest and sleep. I think I'm pretty good at rest, but it's a bit of a lull to, to feel like any kind of expert on sleep. Honestly, I haven't in like the last six years I haven't slept through the night once <laughs> not once wow. like not once fully but like I've gotten a lot better um at how long I'm awake in the middle of the night it's not very long if I do the right things which mm. we'll talk about oh, but goodness. um yeah it's it's a struggle our brains are uh, are pretty wired <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
acceptance, I think it was a really important place to start. And I hope we didn't scare people off. It was pretty heavy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. guess, because it was kind of spanning the fullness really of our recovery journeys to date and kind of all those things we've learned through the different stages of acceptance. I hope today we're going to be a bit more practical with things that we've integrated into our life and heard from others as well. Yeah, I um, I felt like the last episode was kind of like an introduction. We, you know, started by saying how you have to accept that you can't push through it. And the first thing you have to accept with that is that your body is giving you a message telling you it wants to rest. It's And uh, I think it's really important to understand how to do that properly or else you're just lying there, but you're not in a healing state. Um, you can have so much unproductive time resting if you're worrying or stressing. Um, our body and our mind, like, like they need to really trust each other for us to feel well. I feel like for the nervous system to calm down, your body has to trust your mind that it's going to give itself that space to recharge. And your mind has Mm. to trust your body that, you know, it's not going to give you all these crazy symptoms. So we're totally out of whack when we have these illnesses and in terms of trusting and feeling safe in our bodies. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a big thing, feeling safe, isn't it? Yeah, really, like your body doesn't feel safe. Your mind doesn't feel safe when it's worrying, when it's doing fear, when it's doing stress. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not a healing state. So it really was a huge aha moment for me to figure out that I wasn't really resting <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Feels like a nice segue into the, the world of animals but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah which animal have you picked for us today to learn a little bit about rest the rest animal is the bear (laughs) ah the bear nice if uh, uh you think hibernation uh you think bear and if you think real rest uh yeah you think about hibernation sometimes uh oh, there have been you. some interesting cfs studies about comparing what's happening in our cells to animals hibernating i i love bears i mean if you know me people who know me i like um to paint and i mostly just paint bears <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i have a really and you're very good, good. you're very good at drawing them i was a lucky recipient <laughs> of one of Lindsay's children's book that she wrote and that she illustrated not for me it was for my nephews and niece but um yeah the bear looks well lots of the animals look brilliant in there but the bear in particular really stands out <laughs> I just really love bears. I um I don't know, maybe it's like being in Canada and but there's like a, a few reasons really that they fit well with our rest episode. So first of all, bears are a master of adaption. Um they have figured out obviously that there's no food in the winters and thus this is a good time to sleep. When they are hibernating, bears heart rates go down to about eight beats per minute. Wow. So they've managed to get themselves into a state where they're not necessarily asleep, but they're like completely like 
Dorman. Arrested, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another lovely fact that they use for adaption that I told you I was going to tell people about oh, is yay. their. Um, <laughs> this is, my favorite fact. is the poop? <laughs> is their poop plug? Um, it's called a tappen, apparently. T a p p e n. Essentially, it's from they lick their fur a lot, and then it it gets built up in their intestines and gets pushed down, and then yeah, it blocks their bums so that they don't poop uh, the entire winter wow. while they are hibernating. That is crazy. I know it is so interesting that like nature like figured out how to do that because it protects them from predators because then they wouldn't they can't smell the feces um and then um obviously it keeps their den clean <laughs> the whole year mm. and um anyways i love that they're so adaptable because that's really what we have to be we have to learn uh that rest is you know totally rearrange it in our life um and adapt to what's happening right now what our body needs at the moment mm. It's actually a very productive time for them, um, which I think is the same for us. We'll talk about the productiveness of rest, but bears are solitary creatures. But um, in the fall, mama bears um, have their babies while they're in hibernation. They're completely hibernating and they have the baby and they nurse it until it comes out in the spring. So actually for half of the bear population, it's a very productive time. Yeah. Another interesting thing is the... um, waking hibernation so within the first two three weeks after they come out of their dens their metabolism is very slowly ramping up so it's not just like they go straight from hibernation to awake Um, so within those few weeks they sleep a lot still so it's interesting like similarity to us is that we slowly have to progress out of this state it's not just a uh, okay, it's done. <laughs> um, no, it's so true in terms of mindset as well. Like at the beginning of my illness, this kind of view that I would just be, you know, ill, 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 and then, oh, and then I'm better. Whereas actually, when you talk to a lot of people who have made the full recovery, it's like, what was the moment that, and they're like, mm, that's a good question, actually. I'm not, not really sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of built up slowly. And there, there often is like, a, wow, I've, I visualized that and I thought about that for so long. And, and now I'm here. I've, you know, I've done it. And yet still, yeah, it's the um, combination and compounding of lots and lots and lots of small steps forwards, um, probably some steps back as well, as opposed to just, uh, right, I'm healed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The pacing. Mm. And do you have a, um, I think you've told me before, do you have a favorite bear? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. So there's this bear. Um, it's only in this one little area around Prince Rupert, so northern British Columbia, so the west coast of North Canada. Um, it's called the Kermode bear, mm-hmm. or um, people call it the spirit bear. It's my favorite bear. It's a white black bear, not technically albino. It's like a recessive gene, and there's only about 200 or 300 of them in the world. And they're just oh, a very special need bear. To them. <laughs> yeah, they're so beautiful. And it's my dream to see one. All right. So we talk a bit more about our relationship with rest. Yeah, let's do it. Something that is helpful that I've been thinking about with rest is what rest isn't. So I think if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, what is rest? I would have said it's watching tv it's it's reading it's um just 
downtime, you know, scrolling on my phone, on Instagram, whatever. Even when I first started trying to build rest into my day, it was kind of lying down and just thinking, like thinking about this, about that, things that have happened, things that could happen, um, what I have to do next, particularly that actually, what am I going to do next with the day, with the evening, tomorrow? How about you, Lindsay? Does that kind of resonate? Yeah. So one of my aha moments was uh, when I was working. So this is after I crashed for the first time. So I was sick and then I got better. And then I crashed again when I started a new job and my coworkers were so lovely. They, you know, set up a little like bed area in my office for me. And they're like, you can just close the lights off and sleep during lunchtime and like take a break when you need to lie there, you know, and I could just close the door. But I came to realize that like, I would, I would do that. I'd spend my lunchtime lying there, but I wasn't really resting. I was like worrying. I was thinking about how, you know, I still feel so sick and am I going to have to quit this job and just like ruminating about like, what the heck is wrong with me? Um, And it really dawned on me at some point during that, that I'm like, I am not resting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then that's true. Actually, it's not necessarily about the activity it is about the the mindset. I think what you said earlier about um, feeling safe in your body, I think that is key. I know people who go on uh, kind of restful, mindful walks and meditation. Some people, it's yoga um, and the movement like that. I'm sure actually some people it is reading and watching TV can get you into that uh, restful, parasympathetic state. For me, learning that it is about the the mindset and the experience while you're doing something while you're you're resting mm-hmm. that is a lot more important than the actual building in 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour of mm-hmm. rest into your into your day yeah and i think if you're in a state of like a highly activated nervous system um you have to go to the very basics of rest mm-hmm. but maybe later in your healing journey and i do want to say like I'm very aware of the fact that I have the privilege. I'm living alone. Um, I don't have children. I can't even imagine, honestly, like having children or if you feel like you have to keep working and trying to incorporate these things. I do still think it's possible. We have friends who've recovered, uh, who have children and who have jobs. Um, But we're kind of going from a perspective where, at least for me, yeah, for you as well, we've started from really basics, basics where we could just rest by ourselves in a quiet space for as many hours as we yeah, need. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and something with that we'll talk about in the next episode around pacing and routine that I know has helped people in that situation where they have young children or yeah, they're still having to manage work is this idea of non-negotiables. Getting really, I suppose, tough and real with yourself as to like, what are the things that you absolutely do need to do? But there will be things within that that you could yeah. say, oh, actually, it, even though I feel like it would be the end of the world, really it wouldn't be the end of the world if that didn't happen and actually I could prioritize rest or downtime or something else here that's yeah would be kind of more beneficial for my recovery and my healing yeah and that idea they talk about in CFS health of rest now um, means like fun later so um, if if sure you may feel like you're being a bad mom you shouldn't but think about in the future how much that'll benefit your kids um, if you can get better 
but yeah, we'll talk about pacing next time. Another one of the mm -hmm. moments I wanted to talk about an aha moment was after I finished working, but I was still living with roommates and um, that feeling like doing the dishes was like, I, even that was a lot, but like helping out around the house with cleaning and stuff, this horrible feeling of being a burden and how it can inhibit rest. Like it's, it just makes it so hard if you feel like you're a burden. And I really had to come to terms with that and realize, okay, people are going to want to help me at this stage. And I'm not really resting if I'm here feeling guilty. Hmm. Oh yeah. The spoon theory I think is brilliant for this saying that mm -hmm. we have, let's say 20 spoons worth of energy a day. And we basically, we have to choose how we use each of those spoons. So you could use five of those spoons on cleaning up because you feel you should because of the almost the guilt right. <laughs> or you could actually spend three of them yeah seeing three spoons seeing a friend which is actually gonna do yeah. you know wonders for your mental health and probably your physical health right. because of that too but it's very hard in the moment and is exhausting to explain that to every you know, person in your life anyway so yeah, I think that's very real what well, you say. Yeah, and that's when I ended up going and <laughs> moving to an island by myself, which oh. was not uh, <laughs> uh, the good response to that situation. I think for me, a big one was eating. So I've learned throughout having this illness, we have two main states in our nervous system the sympathetic state, where it's kind of you're active, your mind's going, you're, um, yeah, you're doing things. And then we have the parasympathetic, the rest and digest state, which actually we should be spending the majority of our time in where we're not worrying, where our brain is kind of calm, present, and our body can heal and digest. And actually for me, eating, we can talk about nutrition and my gut health. And I'm sure a lot of people that will resonate with um, issues with digestion and, and yeah, your, your gut. Yeah, but huge. I would just used to scoff, scoff, scoff. I would try and make food as quickly as possible and then eat it honestly inhale my food <laughs> um while I was still doing emails while I was checking my phone um sometimes like on the move which is just terrible I mean even growing up with three siblings we would race to see who could finish first and it would be like yes I beat my sister aren't I great and then in later life with one of my flatmates will we would almost like compete to see who could eat I say eat, I mean scoff quicker, which um, is something mm -hmm. I've been on a journey with and learning about is just trying to be mindful while eating, trying to chew each mouthful 20 times because that's hugely helpful for your digestion. But it also just brings you back into the present moment. I'm not thinking about the next thing to do. I'm actually just concentrating on enjoying my food, helping my body calm, feel safe and be able to digest properly, which I know has had a really positive impact on my digestion my health and um yeah just kind of overall like enjoyment of life yeah i bet yeah i could still work on that one for sure so i feel like we've covered a lot of our experience with what does not lend well to good rest <laughs> we've yeah. talked a lot about yeah that feeling of being a burden mm. and worrying and how racing through activities isn't restful or thinking about what the next activity is or what you should be doing. But I think now we can talk a bit about what does lend well to good rest. Sure. Talk a bit about mindfulness 
and uh, a little bit later on about meditation. So mm. really, though, mindfulness, just just to kind of define it, is it's a Buddhist concept uh, that really just means being in a state of awareness of what's going on in your body, of awareness of what's going on in your mind, of your feelings, of your thoughts, particularly. And mindfulness, you can be mindful while you're doing any activity. It's it's a state of mind. Being present is really another word for it. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? Mm. These are things that just really go along so well with actual real rest that, <laughs> that leads yeah. to healing. Not that it's something that's easy to do or something that you should be should expect yourself to be able to do like consistently. <laughs> like if you're going down for like, I'm going to take a half an hour rest break right now. It doesn't mean you're going to be present that whole time. No. But I think it's good just to strive towards more of it um, in our lives because we know yeah. like scientifically and from experience that it helps our body mm. feel rested and calm yeah exactly i think mindfulness and meditation are great tools for that real rest because they help calm our minds calm our nervous systems our bodies so that our body can focus on producing the energy we need in order to heal rather than you know continuing to spend energy on activity or or worry or stress right um and that's why I think it's important to factor in rest breaks during the day to even out your energy for healing. You don't want to get to the end of the day having used more energy than you have and you feel worse because of it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about this when we talk about pacing. With my healing journey, I force myself to kind of have to begin with, it was 20 minute breaks three times a day. And that's built up over time to being 30, 40 minutes. And to begin with, it felt like a chore. It felt like something I was supposed to do to heal. But over time, through kind of mindfulness practice or meditation, learn to be more present. So yeah. focusing on my breath, focusing on the thoughts in terms of like, oh, there's a passing thought, come back to the moment. All the things you learn through meditation and mindfulness. And I, I definitely had the like imposter syndrome thoughts of I'm doing this wrong. Why can't I meditate? Why can't I be present? All these things. But I saw that it slowly started to filter over into the other parts of my life where in conversations, actually, I was a lot more present going out into on walks or actually just taking the time to, to be able to go and sit outside and not do anything but just mm -hmm. be outside. And even in the the pain of, that comes with this illness, actually in those times being able to be present rather than let my anxious thoughts spiral away, left, right, center, actually just be present to come back to the moment, focus on breath or, you know, whatever it is in front of me. Whereas I, I definitely live my life just like, what's mm -hmm. the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing all the time? If it was like a to-do list, a work task, even social things, like what's the next fun thing? And really only, sure. I think it was only on holidays where I'd actually be present to an extent, still probably thinking about posting things on social media or, you know, what's the yeah. event we're doing in the evening or something. But through learning to rest and learning to be present, that's had a hugely transformative impact on 
like my whole life. Yeah, I totally had that too, where it used to feel like a chore and frustrating. And now I love those. Mm. For me, I do about like an hour around 11 a.m. to 12, and then another hour maybe between three and four, um, where I'm in bed even though actually it's better to stay out of your bed. But um, for those two hours specifically, those are my lay down, body scan, heated blanket, make myself as cozy and as in my hibernation bed. Just feel like I really have learned to like really look forward to those times and enjoy it and totally release. And that took a long time to get there to really prioritize that cozy feeling if you really want to be in a healing state nice yeah I find after lunch I'm really good at that as my body I guess is digesting lunch the like dozy feeling Mm. after you've eaten a big meal I find it a bit harder in the mornings I think probably because I suppose your body's ramping up for the day your adrenal system but in in a way it's almost more beneficial Mm. to calm myself and try and be present and rest in that time to then have that spill over mm. into the day as opposed to just rush through rest get on with the day and actually I'm then in a heightened frenzy for the rest of the day I, I mean you and I have a bit different schedules different people function in different ways so I wouldn't say there's one way to do it in terms of rest it's really what you find works best for you yeah that's been a big learning for me as well I think I almost forced myself to listen to certain meditations and to have yeah the set routine and I think I heard someone else say they did three times a day of however long so I was like well I have to do that in order to heal I don't think it's about that it's about as you say you work out what works for your body and then yeah you'll I suppose start to feel into the groove of um, yeah and then (laughs) as you get better it can change a little bit for sure too like it doesn't have to you're not going to have to take Mm. two hour-long rest breaks for the rest of your life hopefully (laughs) um no exactly yeah although that's that's an interesting thing as well Gemma Hanley the coach on CFS Health she would say is that one of the biggest learnings for her as she reintegrated into kind of usual life and recovered is that whenever she was upping her activity she might find that she was overdoing it and she'd think why you know I feel ready to do this what's going on and then she'd realize oh I haven't upped my rest to compensate for the increase in activity so if she was increasing hours at work or exercise or movement and that actually every time what she would do is that she would build the activity up Mm -hmm. and then build in more rest to compensate just initially for a week two weeks three weeks and then find she could slowly bring down the rest and then you know build up again that's uh something that stuck with me that i found helpful actually you know progress with chronic fatigue is uh, you know progress is never linear it's two steps forward it's however many steps back but that's quite a helpful almost mantra i think to have alongside when you're looking at making progress or building up think about rest Yeah, and whenever we're talking about meditation as a strategy towards rest, what we're talking about is focusing your mind on one thing. Mm. The most basic, well-known one is concentrating on your breath and paying attention um, to your breathing in and breathing out, paying attention to your posture and your breath and your surroundings yeah doesn't have to be something scary i know it it really um can be intimidating because the first thing your mind goes to is 
oh, I need to clear my mind of thoughts, which can be extremely difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but really, it's just not about perfection. It's about like a practice. And you should never really feel like you need to be perfect right away. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, that's the heart of meditation, you know, being brought into the present and welcoming whatever comes up or that you notice with that kindness and accepting it you know acceptance we talked about that last time there's a nice poem by Dorothy Hunt which says peace is this moment without judgment which I always think is is quite a good uh, metaphor for what meditation is I find meditation is such a perfect um parallel for CFS in general because it's not something you just learn how to do and then you just do it and that's it it's like you have to practice over and over and some days you're just going to be bad at it and some days you're going to be better at it just like with CFS and you, you know but over time you slowly very slowly see the increased like your abilities become more and more visible and um also it's just like so hard not to have negative self-talk and be like oh I'm doing it wrong but you learn with meditation that it just doesn't help there's no reason just be like oops I was thinking and come back to uh meditation state so yeah I think they they parallel each other so well no yeah I I completely see that I think um the you start to become aware of yourself don't you more and that's a really good sign so even becoming aware that I'm doing it bad or I'm getting distracted or whatever that's actually a really positive sign that you that it's working and you're making progress with mindfulness and meditation because you're aware of your actions and similarly what I was explaining before with my eating uh, and in conversations when I became aware oh I'm actually not thinking about that thing I have to do later I'm actually engaged right now that's a really positive sign again that that it's having a positive impact and that you are growing in it yeah and it shows you too like I was my last kind of aha was and I mentioned it last episode too when Gemma Hanley kind of really dug into us the fact that our value and worth is not about what we do um, somehow that really helped me be able to rest it was like I could take a deeper breath when I was like, oh, my value is the same, whether I'm lying here or whether I'm out volunteering and doing yoga and doing that and that. And meditation is the same way. You're actually, just by sitting there, you're actually doing something very valuable. You're helping yourself um, become a more open and clear headed person. And it's the same with resting. Um, so yeah, that was a big aha for me that took a lot of weight off my shoulders, I would say. I had a similar, like, oh, rest is productive. Like this is actually a really good use of my time right now to be lying down, listening to a meditation or just sitting in silence and in quiet, because I think there's partly the old you and the inner critic or whatever you want to call it in your head saying like, you should be doing this, 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 but there's also the fear of other people's voices and opinions. Um, I know I definitely, I, I completely understand why you um, chose to kind of isolate yourself off and go to an island and live by yourself because 
well, whenever you take yourself off when I'm having family around or with friends and I'm like, I'm just going to go and have a lie down now for 30 minutes. That's hard. Like particularly the first few times, I think now I feel completely comfortable doing it with whoever, but to begin with, it does feel hard to say, I actually am going to prioritize resting now to spending more time with you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, such a weird feeling at the start, hey? But then like now yeah. I, I do it no problem. My friends get it. And I'm Yeah, like, and it is hugely valuable and hugely productive. It means that we'll be, you know, a lot healthier and more present and fun yeah. to be be with uh, because we've rested as opposed to just mm-hmm. yeah pushing through on one day yeah. and then feeling awful for the next however many days yeah and it helps you feel like you can trust yourself like it helps your mind be like oh okay I can trust myself I'm yeah. taking I had this feeling like it's time to take a rest and I did it and in the end, like it might be hard at, at the start, but um, I think it, it's giving me more confidence about boundaries and uh, who I am. I have a question. What are your top three favorite meditations or things to do to rest, Lindsay? So what I like to do as I said, especially if you're living somewhere cold, my electric blanket has been so lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Yeah, I really, really love it. I don't know if it's because of the electricity that's running through it, um, combined with me body scanning, which is just being aware of your body parts. Like if you think about your hands, you can feel a little tingly feeling in your hands. You do that throughout your whole body. That's what a body scan is, like from head to toe, yeah. um, which is... Jen Piercy does a really nice... Uh, I think you put me onto her, actually, mm-hmm. on Insight Timer, the app, which is free. She does some Yoga Nidra uh, body scans, which her voice is just so lovely and relaxing. Yeah, it's like a large part of my day. I um, <laughs> <laughs> um, The other one I would recommend is the Plum Village app, so P-L-U-M. And under deep relaxations on on that app, there's a whole bunch of body scans. So I guess those are two. The other thing I do, because I am very aware having been bed bound, like not for long periods, but a lot of my last six years have been spent in bed. I am aware of how boring it can get. Mm. (laughs) And I know boredom is an issue for um, some people. So some of the things that I do obviously different people have different interests, but I like dogs (laughs) and um, I like to list um, how many dog breeds I can uh, think of. Sometimes I go alphabetically, but uh, sometimes I can get up to about usually about a hundred dog breeds, but that's a nice activity. So obviously pick something you're interested in. Sometimes I list all the things I love about my friends. (laughs) That's a nice one to, (laughs) to list um yeah gratitude in general especially when you're you're stuck in a bad headspace um I'm not so much talking about positive psychology your way out of it but when you're really like spinning and sometimes it really is helpful to think about all the things you're grateful for and then also a visualization which the trick with visualization is to think about all your senses so if you're visualizing yourself in the future 
say you're doing a hike, you want to think about what you're smelling, what colors are you seeing, what are you feeling, like can you feel the tree bark or can you feel the rocks under your feet, who's there with you, like what are they saying, so it's really kind of a imagination game and the more you practice it the better you get at it, um, so those are some of my my biggest tips. Oh they're great, they're really diverse. Uh, what about you? Well I quite like the Balance app, they give you a year free. They did it for the pandemic just to support people's mental health during it. And that was actually a really helpful one to kick things off because I was a real beginner at meditation. I couldn't really sit still. And it just really teaches you the basics of visualizations, like visualizing a nice day or focusing on the breath in a calming way, mm-hmm. because I know that can actually focusing on your breath and controlling it can feel a little bit tense for some people to begin with, but it really introduced it very slowly and viewing your thoughts kind of as like Mm -hmm. they're like the sky like clouds passing by and then coming back to the moment they do a nice thing just saying like and now when you notice yourself you've distracted just say I love you (laughs) and come back which I am I still do actually I quite like that that's really nice I, I actually tend to prefer no talking now But if I am feeling a bit distracted, then guided meditations are quite good. If you're into poetry, Hugh Byrne on Insight Timer, he has some really nice guided meditations. So he has a really nice voice and he guides you through some nice poetry, asks you to reflect on them. So he's, yeah, he's a good one on Insight Timer, which is, yeah, a free app. And then the last one is Breathe with James that I know, Lindsay, you're a fan of as well. He's a breathwork expert who recovered from adrenal fatigue himself. And he does Instagram lives and has his own online studio of breathwork sessions where he has brilliant music that kind of guides you through the session, builds up to crescendo and then like falls down. And you're just breathing in through your nose or through your mouth and then out to kind of different tempos of the songs. It can be quite intense. A lot of my healthy friends actually do it and they feel very tingly during it too. They quite like it, but it's worth giving it a go to see if it resonates with you. Because I completely get what you mean about finding, like resting three times a day can get very dry. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yeah, breathe with James. James's stuff, it's always quite engaging, I find. Yeah. One more thing I'd want to mention is just the um, vagus nerve exercises. So the vagus nerve um, is attached to our nervous system is that how it works it's uh, is is it the 10th cranial nerve yes it's one of one of the nerves in it yeah but by doing certain activities you can relax it which helps to relax your whole nervous system overall splashing cold water on your face cold showers that's really good at relaxing your nervous system and humming is supposed to be really good for your vagus nerve calming it down So really when you're, you know, cooking or cleaning or even lying in bed, um, humming is just enough to help relax your nervous system. Yeah. Singing too, apparently is. um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, Singing as well. Mm -hmm. And actually, I I was going to say, I've seen a huge medical development through mindfulness and resting for the last like four years, I'd say my blood pressure has always come up very high. So it's in the 140s for the top number whenever I go to the um, to a nurse or just have a general checkup. And I'd always be told like, oh, you need to watch that and do something about it. Stop drinking coffee and, you know, things like that. And it's still very high, what, like the first year of my illness. And the last time I checked, I mean, I haven't bothered for the last like six 
six months or so, but it was down in the 110 over 65 or something, which is very much in the the healthy area. And I mean, I have changed my diet and my lifestyle in other ways too, but I do think the whole being present and meditation and rest, that's played a huge part in that. Yeah, for anybody who wants to um, just learn about um, mindfulness in general, if you haven't heard of it, um, Eckhart Tolle's book or Eckhart Tolle, his book, The Power of Now, mm. very powerful books um, about showing just the the importance of being present. Didn't he give up his medical career to sit on a bench for like two years and <laughs> just be present? I think so. I think it was here in Vancouver too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, always, I always hope I'm going to run into him. It would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just in a park bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go on to your poem now. Ah, exciting. So this is not my own. It is by okay. a poet called Martha Postlethwaite. Oh, I knew I was not going to be able to pronounce her surname, but I tried. <laughs> Postlethwaite. I don't know. <laughs> and it's called The Clearing. I think it really nicely captures what we've discussed about how building rest and space into our day has actually really changed our relationship with our life in general and with other people and um, how important and valuable rest can be when you build it in. So this is called The Clearing. I hope you like it. Do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose. Instead, create a clearing in the dense forest of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world so worthy of rescue. Ah, that's beautiful. Hopefully you can take something from that. (laughs) It definitely resonates with me. (laughs) But yeah, should we talk about sleep? Well, I was just thinking we've covered a lot there and I'm getting quite foggy. Yeah. Uh, So maybe it's worth taking a break before we do and dive into sleep next time. Yeah, that's no problem. I uh, think it's probably best that we just prioritize rest and uh, we can just pick up where we left off and talk about sleep in the next episode. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, well, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. Bye.